And welcome to another ministry-focused podcast with Pastor Chad Nall, where we talk real and we live Jesus. I'm your co-host, Brian Foster, and it's good to uh, be back with everyone on the ministry-focused podcast today. Uh, Our focus is going to be on the topic, church revitalization, rebuilding what once was. And we also have a special guest that I'll introduce to you here in just a few moments. But first, let me welcome our pastoral panel, uh, as we always have. Of course, we got Pastor Pastor Chad and all with us uh, for the podcast. Welcome, Pastor. Hey, good to be here. As, as always, looking forward to our topic today. It is a very needful thing, and so I'm uh, growing more passionate about it as the days move forward. So excited uh, to be uh, to be with everyone this afternoon. Amen. And of course, we got outreach pastor and just pastor extraordinaire, Pastor Joe Carpenter. Welcome, Pastor. Hey, how are y'all doing out there in Radio Land? Pleasure to be here. And, of course, our other associate pastor that we have here with us is Pastor Jamie Chrisman. Welcome, Pastor. Good evening, brothers. Glad to be with you again. Amen. Now, like we said, and like um, uh, uh, Pastor Chad just talked about, we've got a main topic that we're going to talk uh, be talking about to you uh, for our podcast today, Church Revitalization. But first, we wanted to welcome a brother who's been, uh, who will be making his first appearance uh, here on the podcast, but is not a stranger to us here at Faith Baptist Church. He served in ministry here at Faith Baptist for over nine years, serving as youth pastor and associate pastor before God led him to begin evangelizing here in the Sand Hills area. And then God called him to the pastorate of Glendon Independent uh, Christian Church in Glendon, North Carolina. Please help me make welcome Pastor Nathan Hisson to the podcast. Welcome, Pastor. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to be here tonight. Amen. We, we've been looking forward to it. We've, uh, uh, we praise God for where he is taking you and, and your family, but you are always missed here. And we're always glad to see you when you, whenever you come back, Pastor. So we're oh, glad yeah, to have absolutely. you. Absolutely. It's good had, to be back. Yeah, glad to have you with us, man. Amen. So I wanted to let the folks know who may not be familiar with with you uh, that may be listening. Tell us a little bit how God uh, transitioned you. First, how God called you into ministry first here at Faith Baptist, and then how he transitioned you into evangelism and then eventually to be called uh, for the pastor at um, Glendon Independent Christian Church in Glendon. Well, you know, you you think about the call, and that was— many years ago, but it was at summer camp and ministering to youth. And when uh, the call of my life, uh, that was at Camp Anchorage at Lake Waccamaw, you know, and seeing the need of young people, what they mm-hmm. need in life and just the burden I had for that. So that was that call. And then I served here for many, many years in ministry. Um, and then last year, you know, Lord is working on my heart and, you know, just calling me to Get out of where I was at, you know. You got to leave the box that you're in. Uh, mm-hmm. Take that step because you don't know until you go. We always say that. You Amen. never, you never know what the Lord has for you sitting in a pew. Right. I could have sat there and sat there and sat there and been in the same place um, and missed out on blessings. Amen. Mm-hmm. And so I took that step, went out, and you know the Lord opened the door. I didn't have any intentions of taking a church. I was going out preaching, evangelizing, helping churches. Um, the great need vacated pul- pulpits all over, everywhere. Um, and the Lord just worked 
worked that out in my life. He opened that door and, you know, it wasn't anything that I was expecting. Um, but it just, he said, I have something for you. And it just, it just, it worked out. Um, their pastor left and then I was just actually there just preaching for them. And then it just, the Lord fit us together. Amen. It's interesting, isn't it? How, yeah. Uh, how you can walk in as a stranger, but then fall in love with a group of people, mm-hmm. you know. And so, and the Lord does that, I believe, whenever He's going to place a man where He wants yeah. him to be. Uh, and so, uh, I'm excited for you. Uh, yeah, I hadn't been there that long, but it feels like I've been there for a long time because it feels like home, you know, and, and the great peace that you have in that. And you know, you can't. That's something you can't describe to someone. No, that's an experience. It is an experience, and. You were called, or you felt led, I should say, uh, to to go outside of the comfort zone. I mean, you were here, you were comfortable, uh, but God just kept pulling on your heartstrings to go out and start filling other pulpits and, and helping out other churches. But now you're the main man, so to speak, yeah. uh, at Glendon. How has that transition been for you and your family? Um, you know, that was a little bit difficult to begin with, especially leaving somewhere that you knew for many, many years and going um, it was di- very difficult for Heather because um, we were going in churches that she didn't know anyone. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anyone. Yeah. And I was just doing what the Lord asked me to do, you know. And, you you know, you can make friends and things like that. But then, you know, I think the Lord knew that. I think he knew that when he, he had the place for us and when he opened that door, you know, and she walked through those doors and, you know, they accepted her and loved her. And that was a big thing, but that was very difficult. It's a difficult thing mm-hmm. to go um, go to different places, people you don't know, but mm-hmm. um, do what the Lord's asked you to do. And, you know, you just preach the word and help people. Right. Because that's ultimately what they're looking for. Amen. And just talking to you personally, um, and I know from talking to Pastor Chad when he talks to you as well, you've been welcomed with open arms. The, the people have taken to you and your family and welcomed you in and, and helped you to integrate in, into their congregation. I'm sure that had to be a big plus for you as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're very, um, very loving, very loving um, and accepting. And you know what? They, uh, the beauty of it is, is that they can handle preaching. Yeah. Amen. And, you know, um, and they love it. Amen. Good. Amen. Yeah. You know, I can, I recall whenever I was doing the evangelism thing, same thing, you yeah. know, you get called and um, uh, the Lord puts a call on your life and you need to do what he's called you to do. And so you go out and you preach everywhere and anywhere. I can remember preaching at barbecues, uh, oh, outside yeah. buildings, uh, picnic, whatever, you know, uh, but many churches as well. And, you know, that was, it feels like a lifetime ago now. Um, but, you know, during that time, there was a great need. Mm-hmm. There was a great need because there were many churches that um, were, you know, you know, really and truly, I, I don't think there's a, I, don't, I wish there was a better word to say, but they were in the process of decay. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, the pastor had left, they uh, they lost members, they lost enthusiasm, morale was down, and they just pretty much needed somebody to preach to them because that's what you do on Sundays, right? Uh, and so, you know, it is... And where we're at today, uh, 
post-pandemic, so to speak, there's more pulpits that are empty. Absolutely. There are more churches in, in the process of uh, decay and dying. And so there's even a greater need today than there was, you know, 15 years ago, 18, 20 years ago, um, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, I think that um, the the four pastors that are here tonight have been in many different churches preaching. We've seen it, you know, and, and uh, I know... Uh, Brother Nathan and I had this conversation at length whenever he was out and going to different churches and just really and truly how sad it is that something that once was uh, yeah. is no more. Yeah. And you ask the question, why? Right. And, and what are, where do we go from here? Right. And so, you know, church revitalization is, 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 is in great need today. Um, and so it's important that, uh, that, that we, um, as, the church as a whole, notice it, recognize it, and then help do something about it. And so, you know, um, I think it's important. And so that's as we transition into that topic, church revitalization. Um, you know, there's there's so many uh, churches in our, in our neighborhoods right now without pastors, without leadership, without vision. Um, and, and, you know, most of them don't have a foundational Sunday school program to disciple. They don't have a music program to lead people in worship. Um, they don't, they, they really have no outreach program whatsoever. Um, even before the pastor left, they probably didn't have one. That's why mm-hmm. many of them are in the situation that they are now. Um, and so, you know, what does that look like? Um, we're just going to talk uh, on the podcast about that. Really, what we've seen and kind of the experiences that each one of us has had in, in, the, in the time that we have been in other churches and things like that. And, and then uh, we'll close up talking about really and truly some remedies, some, some things that need to take place in order to see uh, the churches in our community to, 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 to begin the, the process of growth again, right, to get some life and some heartbeat back in them. Um, you know, ultimately, uh, I feel like that, you know, God, his desire is to receive his bride. Right. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. so, you know, um, for us as, as a church, uh, there's good seasons and there's bad seasons. Mm-hmm. Right. People come and people, people go. go. And, you know, but the one thing that is consistent is, in my opinion, is leadership. And so, you know, so you're not dead, you're not dying. There, there's there's ministry going on. There's things that's taking place. And so uh, we'll start with you, Brother Nathan. Um, just, you know, in the in the brief time that you were out there evangelizing, you were in many different kinds of churches, you know, what are some of the telltale signs that church or the, the churches that you've been in and you've, you've been around as of, uh, as of late is in that decline is in that, that, um, uh, the, the, uh, decay, so to speak. Uh, what, what are some of the things you've seen that the first thing you say is, wow, it's going to take, it's going to take more than CPR to bring this back. Yeah, now, yeah. If I could interject for one yeah. second, I'm, I'm really excited to hear your response on this because you have to remember pastor Nathan is just coming off the road. He he probably has the the freshest and the most current uh, reading on what's happening within churches within more counties. He's been on the road. He's been preaching in in, in multiple different churches in more counties, surrounding counties, and and now he's found a home over there and senior pastor over there at Glendon uh, Baptist Church. So when when you hear from him, understand he's just coming off the road. He he's 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 right out of the the frying pan and into the fire. So I'm excited to to hear what it is that's going on out there. Well, you know you. Ultimately, you, you look at it doesn't matter where you're at. Um, 
and the revitalization, there's one thing that you always see, and and you're not going to re- revitalize, you're not going to CPR anybody, any church back to life if they're not willing. Amen. And you see that in a lot of churches, they're not willing. And the reason that they've gotten to the state they're in is, like you said, leadership. There was a preacher for hire. Amen. Didn't lead the people. And he let it decay. And then he left. And they put a they tried to put band-aids over a hemorrhaging wound. Mm-hmm. And it, it is and essentially it's bled out. And bled out by mean people have left. Right. Now they're down to a handful of people. They're trying to do something that one, are they willing to do? And some are. Some are willing to do, but they it takes the leadership to do that. It takes the leadership and you know that's what's important. It's this pastor sitting around here, you know, whether you go out and find a church, whether you vandalize this, is to be that strong leader for these mm-hmm. churches because that's the big thing that I've seen because there's been, like I said, preachers for hire, and what they've done is they've hurt the bride. Mm-hmm. They have, I mean, they have crippled the bride. I mean, so many people hurt by supposed to be a man of God. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people just can't get over it. They either can't get over it and just leave church and have nothing to do with it and watch it online. Then the other thing that I've seen in churches and the reason that they're the state they're in is they're so wrapped up in their traditions mm. and their ceremonies and their rituals. It has nothing to do for the glory of God. It's just what Grandpa did. Amen. And if you don't want to change that, guess what? That's what you got. That's what you've got. And... That's, it's sad. And a lot of those churches that were that I've seen that are hung up on that tradition didn't have leadership. A lot of them the doors are closed now. Yeah. They've got they're for sale yeah. or looking somebody to rent the property. Mm-hmm. And it's sad. It is sad. It's sad that, that one that men of God, supposed to be men of God, have done that to supposed to be the bride. You know, another thing that's not white anymore. Another thing that I see too um, is uh, churches that have aging past aging pastors with no secession plan. Yeah, um, a man been there for twenty years, thirty years, forty years, fifty years, some, mm-hmm. and they're they've they've not trained up an associate. They've not trained up other men to to succeed. Their you know uh, that their role, and so uh, when he leaves, nobody knows what to do. Nope. He's been doing it for fifty years, right? right. Um, I mean, you know, I, I, you know, that's one thing that, that I'm uh, I've been tried to do my best is is to make sure that you know um, if I'm not here, somebody knows how to do it. Yeah, you know, at least they at least they can find it. <laughs> you know, so where was last year's budget at? You know, I, you know, um, and I'm not going to talk about the, how things were left when I took over because there was no budget. It was in his head. There was yeah. no there. There was nothing. And so you know, so that that's not a great succession plan, right? And so I think that that is a key thing for for churches to be able to grow forward um, mm-hmm. is is to make sure you have a succession plan. Um, and so I think that's important. You know, one of the things that, um, I see quite often as well, just talking with, uh, uh, church leaders, you know, pastors that, um, pastors who have a great desire for the church to grow, a great desire to make it happen, 
Right. I mean, they're willing to put blood, sweat and tears and prayer and fasting. And, you know, they're studying, they're preaching the word. They're doing everything that they can do in their power for the church to move forward. But the church is not willing, not willing. The church don't want to do it. Look, man, why we got to do that? I mean, can't we just do church? Yeah. And so what happens is that man, he leaves. He does. And then they just do church. Uh Right. And then a year goes by. Two years goes by, three years goes by, and now they've got a handful of people that can barely pay the power bill yep. because they just want to do church. They're not willing to grow the kingdom. They're not willing to do ministry outside the walls of the church. And so when I think that that is the first thing and the first key element that has to take place for church revitalization is, listen, you must do an autopsy of who you are as a church. Yeah, you must be. If you're not willing, like I said, if they're not willing— then. Yeah, you gotta you gotta take a look. The first thing you have to ask is, who are we? Mm-hmm. Who are we, and and why are we doing what we're doing? Right, that is a key question, and you have to answer those questions before you can answer the question of, well, how do we do discipleship? How do we do outreach? Mm-hmm. If you don't know, uh, if you're not know who you are as a church, and you don't know where your church wants to go then how do you get there, right? It's kind of like, hey, I think I'm going to take a vacation. Well, where are you going? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Well, what? Yeah, you got your bags packed, your car's loaded up, it's gassed up, the family's in the car, and we get in the car, and I look at them, and they look at me, and I go, where y'all want to go? And it's like that whole uh, conversation we have when it's time to go out to eat. I don't know. Where do you want to go? I don't know. Where do you want to go? Then I say, well, let's go to such and such. And they go, nah, I don't eat there. And then, you know, so that's what a church is when it doesn't have an identity and know where it wants to go. Right? Because you got all these different ideas and there's not a concrete um, plan. No, no vision. No vision to push it, push it forward. And so so then that, that, that's some of the things that, that, that has to take place in order to, for a church to go to the next level. And I'm speaking from experience because we were there mm-hmm. as a church at one time. You know, we tried it all. You know, who are we? What, what are we trying to do here? What are we trying to accomplish? We were, we were doing it all in the name of Jesus, right? And, uh, and, and, and it took a while. It took a while to find out who we were. Um, and we, when we concreted that, that's when growth took place. When we concreted that, that's whenever we, we were able to, um, put together that mission statement, right? Put together that vision statement, put together, you know, where we want to be in five years, five years ago, right? Pre pandemic, right? Who knew, who knew what it was going to look like after 2020, but, you know, prior to that, Things are really good, you know, mm-hmm. and they can be again, and they're starting to get there again. But, you know, you got to have a plan. you got to have a vision in order to get there. And I think uh, you said it best. Everything rises and falls on leadership. Yep. So how do you, how do you revitalize the Christian? How, how do we have revival when you have a congregation like you're talking about that is apathetic? Uh, they, they want those things done, but they don't necessarily want them done. And one man's not going to get the job done. So the pastor is praying, he's fasting, he has blood, sweat, and tears. He's weeping over the congregation, and and nothing happens. So, what do we need to do? What can we do to to remind the Christian that if you don't become the church, if you don't bring church with you into the building, then all you have is a building. Pastor Chad, like you were saying, they just want to do church. Well, that's not church. So how do we how do we convey that message? How do we how do we truly have a revival within our community so that the church actually becomes the church and church is brought into the house of God and revival breaks out? You know, I think um, it's not about 
the many is about the few. Um, so what I mean by that, every church has one or two that wants revival, right? They have one or two who's willing. They have one or two that, that, that are just waiting for somebody to say, let's go. And so you've got to pinpoint those folks. And you've got to get together with those folks. And you've got to pray with those folks. You've got to lead those two or three or four, however many it is. And what begins to happen is the process of multiplication. Because each one of them, they touch people as well. And so if you get three or four folks that are on fire, that has a, the right spirit, that, that has, they, they come into the house of God, they're ready to go. And man, you know what's going to happen? Uh, you're going to see folks who say, man, I want that. Right? And, and so what we have to do as leaders is we have to recognize other leaders. And, you know, a problem in today's church is this. We put followers in leadership positions. Exactly. And we expect, them, we expect them to raise up other leaders when they're followers. And so don't get me wrong. You do what you got to do because sometimes that's just what you have. But, you know, what? a good leader recognizes a follower that can be a leader. And so what happens is, is we have to pour into that person and we have to help that person to become the leader that then can rise up another leader. And so um, if you're a great Sunday school teacher uh, and uh, you know we need another Sunday school teacher, you recognize someone that's a follower right now, but they can be a great Sunday school teacher, then what do we say to that person? We say, hey, man, you know what? I think you'd be a great Sunday school teacher. Hey, will you meet with me once a week and let me help you? Uh-huh. Right. And we raise that person up and then that person eventually will raise that person up. And we see this multiplication taking place and it takes time. You know, that's that's the hardest thing. It's like, uh, you know, what's the old saying? Time, time heals all wounds. And it, that's the problem. Right. Because we want it now because we're living in a fast food age. Right. age. We want. Hey, listen, I want a thousand people next week. You know, uh, we got 50 now, but I want a thousand. We got 200, but I want a thousand. Didn't happen that way. Mm-mm. Right. It takes time. And what 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 we have to do is we have to grow individuals one by one that then become the church that, that brings about revival. That's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. But the followers are not going to get it done. And so we have to have leaders who who recognize other leaders and then pour into those folks um, or recognize a follower that can be a leader yeah. and, and pour into those folks. Well, I mean, that's what Jesus did. He didn't have a 12. That's it. Change the world. Change the world. And, you know, and that, that is important. You go into a church and just like where I'm at now, there were there were a handful of people, you know, that you know. So you start pouring into them. Mm-hmm. You start talking to them, conversation. What do you think about this? Mm-hmm. What do you think about this? And they had these ideas. And then you build on those ideas, you know, well, let's pray about this. Right. And the next thing you know, things can happen. But like you said, it takes time. It's not going no. not going to change the world. And, well, you know, and, and that's another that's another symptom too, right? Because yeah. so many pastors there, man, they they're there two years and they're gone. Yeah. You can you can't you can't grow anything, no. and you can't do substantial ministry in two years. I'm sorry, it takes two years to figure out who the church is, yeah, um, right. and figure out who the leaders in the church are, and figure out whose grandpappy laid the first brick, so you don't upset that family that upsets the rest of the church that then kicks you out. So it's this whole process. Yeah, you don't cut the tree down, Grandpa <laughs> right, right. right exactly. It's a process, right? It's a process, and uh, but you got to be willing. 
Yes. You got to be willing to stand up and say what needs to be said. You got that's exactly right. And and you've got to um not only do you have to have the the vision obviously that the Lord is going to give you for that particular church, but uh along the same lines with the with leadership, you got to be willing to hang in there. And the the mentality sadly from leadership is well this isn't working. So there's another place that's needing help. <laughs> so I can go there. It's easier to leave in the bad times. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So you, so it's hard to leave in a good time. So just we've said it many, many times. The hardest thing to do is is to to uh, lead a volunteer organization. But with that being said, they're going to operate off of leadership. So where is the leader stand before he comes in? You know, if you think about leader, what what is a what is a leader? A leader, is someone that doesn't tell you how to do it, but says, "Come do it with me." Right, right, right. And so I think that. Um, I think that a church congregation needs to experience servant leadership. Servant leadership, absolutely. And but here's 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 a problem, and I've got myself in trouble here, right? Um, I want it done a certain way, right? And so instead of bringing people along on that trip, I'll just do it myself, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is if you keep that mentality, it took me a while, but I finally got out of that mentality, but it took me a while. Then what happens is three, four years down the road, you've been doing all these things and you turn around and go, why ain't nobody helping me? Nobody's beside me. Because nobody knows how to help you. (laughs) You hadn't poured into anybody. Right. right? And so that's why, that's why it's important to recognize those and say, come, let me show you. Right. Right. And I think if we can do that, especially with the generation that's coming up behind us, because they, they don't know what to do. Well, Pastor Nathan hit the nail on the head. You, we're we're living in a in a church. We know we're living in the Laodicean church age, and so we know that what we're dealing with is is apathy. So, with with that in mind, the leader has to has to know exactly uh, the plan, and the plan is by the book. And, and sadly, the, instead of coming in with a leadership plan, just go back to the book and raise up the leaders as as Paul did. As, as uh, like Pastor Nathan said, as Jesus did with the twelve, think of what he did, and, and I think that it the the mentality can't be changed from leadership just because of the 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 apathy that we're seeing. At the end of the day, we have to be going back to to that you know to that blueprint. Okay, if so the standard the standard is the word, right? And that's not the problem. It's the other variables that are the problem. One personality. Mm-hmm. I don't like you. I'm not going to follow you. Right. Right. Okay. Sure. Um, I don't like the way you do that. I'm not doing it that way. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to do anything. We ain't never done it that way. We ain't never done it. That way. Hey, I don't really like that kind of music. Right. You know. I mean, we can take that and go on and on and on and on. And so, what you have to do is is you have to build relationships. Listen, it's like anything else in life. It's a relationship business. Mm-hmm. Right. First, if the man of God doesn't have a relationship with the with the, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and his relationship in intact in prayer and devotion and Bible study and fasting and really praying for the church and praying for what's next, then how can he lead? He can't. Right. Right. So then once he has that intact, now what does he do? He has to build those relationships with people that he can trust. Mm-hmm. And that that, you know, and so he has to have a level of accountability that, that will hold him in check as well. And so when those things all begin to work and click and you get on fire and you, man, let me tell you, you, you talk about, you talk about making a difference and impacting people's lives. You can, 
Um, mm-hmm. But it's one at a time. I wish it was a hundred at a time. Mm-hmm. I do, but it's not. It's just not. It's one at a time, and it's one at a time, and it's one at a time. You know, um, and, and it gets so frustrating though because you want it now. I want it now. We all want it now, and it takes time. It takes it takes a year to mentor someone to the uh, to a level that you can take your hands off of and let them go. As I was researching for this, getting getting ready for the podcast, I remembered a teaching uh, that you had. Uh, we just got through with a, a series of uh, the Book of Acts, and one of the things I've realized in my time in ministry is no matter what grand plans you may have and no matter what vision God gives you for the revitalization of a church or what a lady church, as a pastor, your major issue is going to be the ones within. And that's what led me back to what Paul did and what he said back in Acts chapter 20. In the latter stages of chapter 20, uh, he went back to the church of Ephesus and he called the elders together. And I'm going to, re- if you don't mind, I'm going to read real quick uh, Acts chapter 20, verses 28 through 31, where Paul said, uh, Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock, over the which the Holy Ghost have made you, uh, made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I ceased not to warn everyone night and day with tears. I was just wondering if you could take that section. I know you've taught about it, but explain what Paul means in this particular section and what he was trying to warn the, the elders of Ephesus at that time. Well, you know, Jesus had some pretty strong words for the church of Ephesus in the book of Revelation, you know, whenever he was writing the the seven letters. And he told the the church at Ephesus that, um, woe unto them because they had left their first love. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they left their first love. And, and so really and truly, it really speaks a lot in what we're seeing today. Um, folks have taken their eye off the prize. Mm-hmm. And they have allowed uh, uh, heresy to come into the church. They have allowed false teaching to come into the church. And Satan has sent in uh, uh, these wolves to cause dissension and to cause controversy and cause those issues. And so Paul was saying, listen, hey, listen, don't you remember? I was with you for so long. I prayed and I cried over you and we cried together and we taught the word. I told you the right way to do it but you take your eyes off the mark. And, and, and that's really what happens. I mean, we look at what's going on in the Southern Baptist Convention right now. Uh, you know, I don't know if you've, you guys have kept up with Saddleback Church and mm-hmm. uh, the church, Rig Warren and all that. You know, they're right now they're voting to kick them out of the Southern Baptist uh, Convention because they have women. They've, they've uh, ordained women as pastors. And they did vote them out, by the yeah, way. They did. Okay, they did. Okay. And, and so that is the first step to correction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it's a big church, it's a prosperous church, and wolves have got into the pulpit Mm -hmm. and led the people astray. Exactly. And so uh, what we're seeing now, some correction, you know what the sad part's going to be, gentlemen? There'll be so many churches that leave the Southern Baptist Convention, not because other churches are voting in women, 
but because they're kicking out this church because they did. Mm-hmm. And there's there's the day and age that we live in. And so the church of Ephesus had lost its first love. It taken us. It, it it took its eye off its relationship with Christ and what His words were for them. And so therefore, that's where we're at today. That is why there's such a great need for revitalization. Mm-hmm. Um, people have, and, and this is what you see too when when a pastor gets gone. Um, and these, these churches, they, uh, they, they, they get to a point to where they're almost desperate to have somebody teach somebody mm-hmm. to preach. They'll let anybody come in. Yep. Right. And man, they'll be teaching and preaching all kinds of things. that's not doctrinally sound. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is, is the people that's sitting in the pew start questioning what they believe. And now, man, now, now a traditional church is, it wants to be a progressive church. And so then what happens is, is is you begin to alienate people because we're going in this direction because the way we've been doing it ain't working. Well, it worked just fine 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. You took your eye off the mark. And so now we got to change, right? That's the first thing we want to do. It's not working with what we're doing right now. we got to change everything. That's not what churches need to be doing. They don't need to be changing who they are. They need to get back to the basics. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right? And so uh, they don't need to lose their first love, right? They don't need to walk away from what Christ has already given them. And, and that's the most important thing. Is, is, it's, it, here's the issue. It's work. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yep. And I think one of the, the biggest things, you talk, revitalization, you, you talked about that, but it begins with a relationship. One, your relationship with Jesus and everyone's relationship with Jesus that's sitting in that congregation. Absolutely. Uh, not saying you don't, you, you're not saved, but how's your relationship? Do you do you talk to him every day? Amen. Or is it just when when you see him at you know the family reunion? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That relationship. But then also the other relationship is the relationship with one another. That's right. And that's that's the beginning of anything making a difference. Church of Philadelphia, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean that that was the. That, that's the that's I mean Christ had nothing but accolations. You look in Acts, the beginning of the New Testament church, and it was beginning building relationships mm-hmm. with one another, fellowshipping with one another, and remembering what we're here for. Amen. Acts chapter one, verse number eight, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, that's the whole theme verse, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus, Jesus, he wanted us to take the gospel to to the area around us, the county next to us. And then to the uttermost parts of the world, right? Mm-hmm. And so he, that, what does that mean? That means the gospel needs to go everywhere. We can't do that as, as long, long rangers. It takes yeah. people. It takes me. We got to get together. We got to all agree, right? And I think that's the most, imper- the most important thing. So for sure. Final, uh, final question. To wrap this up, we could probably go on and on and on, but Pastor Nathan, I'll start with you and we can work our way around the table. What, best advice based on your knowledge, based on your experience, would you advise these churches that may be listening, these other uh, members from other churches, they're looking into church revitalization. What piece of advice would you give them moving forward and and moving to do something uh, and revitalize their church? Um, I think the number one thing, because like we said, it rises and falls on leadership is they've had someone coming in is that they're truly, truly vetting this man or having come in for whatever season it is. Because like you said, because you don't want them coming in teaching some false doctrine stuff because, I mean, Satan will use a man too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course. And he would, rud, he would love to tarnish the bride. 
And, you know, mm-hmm. that's the number one thing is to look at the leadership you're having to come in. Not just because, hey, he's got a doctorate. And? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I got a driver's license. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can go <laughs> and Do you want to ride with me? Yeah. <laughs> you never rode in a car with me, but do you want to go on a long trip with me? Exactly. <laughs> you know. And it, I mean, I, I think that's the the number one thing, the, mm-hmm. the leadership. And if you're willing to be, if you want to be resuscitated, in words, you got to be willing. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Amen. Yep. Um, I, I, what I'm my answer is going to be an oxymoron. Um, I, I don't. I think if a church wants to be revitalized, it can't look inward. It has to look outward. And what I mean by that is this, we stay so focused on what we want and what we need, right, that we lose the focus of what we're called to do. What is the church called to do? To the Great Commission. Mm -hmm. And I think that if we will focus on that, so what does that mean? That means, yeah, we have to know who we are, we have to know where we're going, and we have to know how we're going to get there. What does that take? Obviously, it takes good leadership. Obviously, it takes a man with a vision, Right. And so but don't get so focused on on internal on the internal things that you lose the focus on the external things. Because, listen, I wish that having a great music program and solid preaching the word and a Sunday school program grows the church. But it don't. You know what grows the church? God, the father. Find father. Yeah. Right. He's the one that gives the increase. And so if we do his work. He will bless our obedience. And so I think a church that is in decay or in decline, I think um, they, they don't need to be so focused on the internal stuff. Uh, obviously, you got to have all those things, right? And that is, that, is, that is where good leadership comes in and does that. But really, they've got to focus outside the walls of the church and start trying to grow the kingdom. And if they grow the kingdom, God will give them what they need to grow internally. And, and, and that's, that, that, that's an important thing. Amen. Pastor Jeff? Yeah, this, this being a, a Baptist podcast, um, I would say understanding the, back to the Baptist distinctives and what it means to be a Christian. And the reason why I say that is because we need to understand why we believe what we believe mm-hmm. instead of just regurgitating something that someone else told us. We need to get back to faith and build a strong foundation of faith. Um, so we were talking about it last night during our Bible study. Uh, we we walk by faith, not by sight. And right now, what it seems like a lot of churches are doing is they're they're walking by sight, hoping to find faith. That's and good. It's not going to mm-hmm. work out. And in all things, pray. Absolutely, prayer beforehand, prayer during, prayer after. And uh, as God moves and continues to add to the church, Pastor Chad, we we were sitting around prior to the to the podcast starting, and we were talking about. Um, uh, Pastor Nathan and his time here and and kind of uh, going back over when Pastor Chad had just took on. And uh, it started with one person at a time. Mm-hmm. The increase came from God and, and just as you said, to that relationship. And, and so I think that if I were speaking to a, any congregant right now, uh, I think what I would be looking towards you know, on the inside is the Holy Ghost and the relationship that I have with the Lord Jesus Christ, how I can be effective in his kingdom where he's going to place me in the in the use of his church and building of his church is is just part and parcel to building his kingdom. And so 
turning, uh, as Pastor Chad said, we're, we're working towards the outside, but it all starts with the intimate relationship with the Father. Amen. And, and with, uh, go ahead, Pastor. I, I want to give one little closing statement. Um, if you are listening and your church is in the process of decline and you know the change uh, needs to take place in order to be revitalized, I, I would say um, make sure that you seek um, counsel from someone that has done it before. Mm, yes. I think that's important. Um, don't, don't trust somebody that you don't know. Uh, look at, look at what, what your church wants to become based on what, uh, what you are and who you are. And, and then go seek counsel. Um, and once you seek counsel, I think you, you gather the leaders that you do have in your church together. You fast and you ask the God, you ask the God of the universe to get involved Amen. and ask him to send the right person. Right. Someone, a uh, consultant, uh, send an interim, somebody who has, uh, has skin in the game for the kingdom and wants to help, right? And I think that's where you start at. Um, I think that if you jump in over your head, you're going to lose more people because you're going to do a lot of things wrong and it's going to hurt people. So, you know, if, that, if that's you, seek, seek good counsel and, and, uh, and let, the, and, and let the Lord lead and guide you. If it's authentic to towards his church, he's going to bless it. That's it. Amen. Where where he is, he will bless. And on that note, we've come to an end of another podcast. Pastor Nathan, thank you again. Amen. For Glad to have you with us, bro. We're going to have you back real soon, and and we just pray that God will bless you And uh, over at uh, Glendon Independent Christian Church in Glendon, North Carolina. And we want to thank you, our listeners, uh, for the uh, giving us a few minutes of your time today. We pray that you have been blessed and encouraged by today's broadcast. Join us again next time for Ministry Focus with Chad Nall. Until then, may the Lord bless you abundantly. So long for now.